Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. But this time comes inside the Jake Forster case. They're good to see him. It's a lovely ball down the line looking for Chucks and Ike into the penalty area. Gets it back on his right foot. Chip ball back across. Can Cullen get there? Brings it down. Shot coming in. Oh, and he's blocked away. Great opportunity. A switch that uh, we know Naby Sarr can do, and he does it superbly. Out to George Lapsley on the right. Ball into the box looking for Ooh, Andre Green with the header. I think it uh, just misconnected there and maybe come off the top of his shoulder as well. Didn't get a clean connection, but it's a lovely sweeping move into the middle. And Forster Kasky just uh, slightly behind him. So he has to use Naby Sarr, who goes out to Dirty on the left. Dirty taking on Sanderson, cuts him inside, looking for an angle. Finds Cullen to his right. Is he going to shoot Josh Cullen? Yes, he does, but just to the right of the uprights. Another good, another good sweeping move from Charlton. Ends in a shot that uh, didn't threaten the keeper, but decent move nonetheless. We'll find an EK again, brings it down. Great good touch. Oh, he's trying to... Well, he gets it back again. He's into Andre Green, into the penalty area. Steps over it. Tries to get the shot away, and it's blocked. And could this go away for a corner? Can Smithies keep it in? He does, actually. But uh, Andre Green, not entirely sure where he didn't hit it first time. He tried to shape it into perhaps his right foot to get the better shot away. Gave Cardiff City the opportunity to block it. Strong challenge from Pierce, And there is the half-time whistle here at the Cardiff City Stadium. Cullen over this for Charlton. Swings it in. Decent look at deliveries. Heading on by Pierce. Can Lockyer keep it in? He can. Lockyer looking for some support. Held up by Sanderson. Good turn. Ball in towards Forskowski. And what a challenge from Nelson. Had to get there first and did for Cardiff. It was absolutely brilliant to get in the pounds here. And Forskowski thought he had a tap in if it weren't for Nelson. Being shown inside by Forskowski. Ball down the line. A good one to Adoma who's onside. Adoma with the shot. Oh, he's just save. across goal. And I think Phil has got yeah, a touch. Definite save by Dylan. Super save. And Doughty clears away to Hulls. Great tackle from Pierce, but it will run through to Sanderson and further out to Adoma. Tip ball back across. Uh, there's a shout for offside, not given. And uh, oh, was that Hoylet? Who uh, yeah. missed his cue, missed the goal. And the Charlton players are looking across to the linesman and wondering why that wasn't given off. Going to run all the way to Morgan, is it? No, it's a little touch in by Morrison out to Sanderson. Uh, that's the final whistle. And Charlton have come to the Principality, come to the Cardiff City Stadium. And both teams now remain unbeaten since the restart. Two wins and a draw. And it's a battling point from the Addicts.
So hello and welcome to Charlton Life. This is the big Matt preview. Coming to you a day early this week because of course we've got the London Derby, the South London Derby with Millwall to look ahead to, which is happening on Friday evening. But uh, we're also going to look back at last night's battling goalless draw uh, over at the Cardiff City Stadium with Cardiff City. They really need to come up with a more inventive name for that stadium. Joining me uh, on the phone uh, for this week's uh, big match preview to look back at that Cardiff game and ahead, of course, to the game uh, with Millwall. Uh, in one, uh, we've got Mr Tom Wallin. How are you doing, Tom? I'm all right, thank you. Yeah, did you enjoy the game last night against your fellow countrymen? Uh, it wasn't the best game in the world, was it? But a decent point at the end of it, so yeah, yeah I'll take that. Nearly six hours without conceding a goal now as well. The addicts worked that out last night and they stretched over four months, so it does feel like a long time. Uh, and also joining us tonight, we couldn't have our preview show uh, against Mill without our very own Mill expert, of course. It's Nathan Muller. How you doing, Nathan? <laughs> yeah, yeah, living the dream, mate. I'm all clean. I've got clean sheets and everything. Oh. Just like Charlton. Makes, Lovely. Makes a nice change, really, because normally, you're, of course, uh, living in your own filth. Uh, I understand. I understand you've been uh, you've been sort of egging on your mill supporting father this week already. Uh, well, I texted him on Tuesday. Uh, so I literally just said that we're going to do them, and it's a lucky uh, that we'll probably just run, run them around town and that. And then um, he sent an unsavoury, quite colourful response, yeah. which I, can't, I won't repeat on it. <laughs> Clearly, they're lucky that they're lucky that we have to maintain social distancing. Otherwise, this will be the time we really got to them. <laughs> but uh, anyway, we'll worry uh, about the Millwall game in the second half of the show because, of course, we're going to look back at last night's goalless draw uh, with Cardiff City. We're going to hear Lee Boger's reaction to it. We're also going to hear from the man who's kept all those clean sheets, who isn't Nathan, is, of course, uh, Dylan Phillips. Uh, then we'll start to turn our attention to the Millwall game, hearing a bit more from uh, Lee Boger, explaining why one or two players aren't playing at the moment uh, and also uh, telling us who he's uh, had his eye on in terms of playing quite well. Uh, recently, so we heard the highlights there, Tom, from last night's game. Um, I was sat at home watching it on the stream, so I've uh, got to listen to, to Terry and Greg's fine commentary uh, alongside the stream, and oh, I was reasonably entertained in the first half, and after the second half, I was like, yeah, that's, that's a battling display. That's a, quite a good point for us. Definitely a very good point. I think if we'd have been offered that before the game, I think we probably would have taken it, particularly off the back of the two wins that we had. Cardiff's not a an easy place to go and a fairly decent side and obviously we made a lot of changes as well some of those forced um, so I think yeah I think we matched them pretty much in the first half and probably had the better or maybe clearer cut chances although there wasn't too much activity in either box and then second half I thought we just cancelled each other out a bit there was a little spell in the middle of that second half I think just after we made the changes where Cardiff looked dangerous but we weathered that storm Dills made another brilliant save and uh, yeah we held on in the end for, for what you, you said there is a very good point I would say yeah Nath um, you know you're, you're watching the game on the stream as well last night and mm. I, I felt like in the first half I honestly thought you know we, 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 we've got a chance to go on and win this because I definitely think we shaded that first period yeah, I think so as well. I think the first half, I thought Alfie was causing him so many problems. They had to double up on him, which was given a lot of space. I think the only the only joy that they were probably getting down in the early stages was over Lapo's side, which um, obviously me and Tom were saying that we, we felt we settled a little bit at the beginning. He seemed a bit erratic, um, but it was a wise move to not. You can't play Matthews every single game. Um, but yeah, I, I think it was we had some good pass, good passages to play in the first half and. Um, yeah, I mean, we've got to remember, you look at a Cardiff side, with, even though Hoylett didn't start, you've still got players like Albert Adoma and, you know, you've got that Gretzel who scored some, a banger against Preston, I think it was. and and uh, So, yeah, they've got a decent side. And, um, 
I wasn't. I was hoping for a draw. If I'm honest, I didn't think we'd go there and win, um, especially with the turnaround and because we've not got a, a fully, fully fit squad. Um, but yeah, I think the first half, I thought we'd done really well. I think we'll probably come on too late. I thought Chuck was absolutely brilliant first half. It was an absolute machine. But um, yeah, first half, I'd agree with Tom, really. It was, it was quite even. We had some good passages to play. We didn't really open them up a little bit. I thought the only time, we only looked dangerous as set pieces, really, which is obviously our specialty now. But um, yeah, it was a decent little first half, to be fair. Yeah. Um, in, in the second half, Tom? Yeah, I think we took our foot off the gas. We certainly didn't look as dangerous going forward once uh, Chooks and Ike went off. But we did have, probably, I'd say, our best chance, which did come from a set piece that was cleared over towards the far post. And then Tom Lockyer kept it alive and managed uh, somewhere a little bit too easily, really, from a Cardiff point of view, to drill it into the in towards the near post. And Jake Forster Kasky was, uh, well, a toe away from turning it in, uh, but for a... a a, a last ditch challenge that was an excellent one a goal preventing challenge there but other than that I, I, I do think we saw sort of tailed off in the second half which I guess is to be expected a little bit considering you know the amount of games we've had in a few days the, the changes uh, and, and of course the, the the quality of the side we were playing I think yeah that last point is the one I think for 10-15 minutes in that second half they had a lot of possession and we were camped in a, in our half and I think that just started to, to show towards the end of that game we started to tire out I think what you've both said about Chucks is spot on. I thought he was brilliant in that first half, but then me and Nate were saying yesterday that in the first half, we were playing a lot of balls to his feet and then Cardiff put a man in front of him to stop us doing that and we then started lumping it long and that was where, when we were trying to go to his head, that attacking threat that we had started to drop off. Then Alfie obviously didn't have as much to do, if you like, in the second half. I can't remember if he came off as well, but he was had less impact in that second half as well. So... Our attacking threat dropped off a little bit. As I said at the start, Dills obviously had to make that one huge save and there was a couple of other moments where they had shots. But it was the third game in a row and it's very easy to say it now that we've got the clean sheet. But it was the third game in a row where I was never too concerned. And I don't know if that's because I would have taken a point and therefore if we had conceded a goal, I'd have said, well, in balance, that's probably fair. Or whether actually, do you know what, we're just looking very robust defensively and... I think it's probably that and I think the the issue will be as Nate said a bit earlier on is we just don't look really like scoring at the moment and and that's the issue up the other end of the pitch but um defensively another very solid display. Yeah, I mean so look, looking at those chances we or half chances we did create in the first half uh Nathan I think Chooks was was probably uh, integral in the one that that fell for Andre Green where where he sort of uh tried to bundle it through. But yeah, I guess, I guess it was more about we were getting into good areas without creating too much. There was a long shot from Cullen that was wide. Um, but at, at, on, at the other end of the stick, I guess in, in the two previous games we've had, we have actually created some half-decent openings and not taken them. So I don't think creating chances is all of a sudden going to become a problem, I hope. Yeah, I think, I mean, with the, um, with the green one... I mean, it's all right me saying it's you know watching it on a box with a with a cup of tea and a hobnob. But I think if he, when he went through and go, I thought he should have had a, had a goal on his left foot. But I think the time he's tried to cut back in on his right, he's given the t- the keeper enough time to set, and I think the the, the chance gone, but the chance went. Um, I think Chuck's the thing that was when he fashioned his own chance. I don't. That's the first time I've really seen Chuck's in a in a in a you know quite a long period of time and. Um, He's a big lad, and you know he's quite agile when he put himself about. And they were struggling with him, but um, mm. I think for me, I think the, the, the difference that I can tell when obviously uh, our previous striker, who's, who's no longer here, um, what he used to do is 
is he used to be an outlet. And the, like Tom was saying yesterday, what we was doing yesterday in the first half was getting it to Chuck's feet. Um, and once we lost that, Green, I was saying it's like Green wasn't going into the channels enough. He was too central, which I can understand because he wanted to be in and around Chuck's if he get any if he did get any flick-ons. But going against Sean Morrison, who's a good centre-half, I just thought we could have, if we could try and penetrate the down the flanks and try and double up with him and Alfie or the other side with Lapo or Deji when he come on, we might have a bit more joy. But um, I think, yeah, we... we we weren't fluent in creating chances, but I think they'll come. But then, easy, even if you look at the, you know, the the midfield that started the game, we had obviously Cullen and uh, Jake and Field. Um, they're not really, you know, they're not really, uh, you know, attacking-minded sort of players. If you know what I mean? If you had a Johnny Williams in there, um, which I think we might have a little bit more joy, or even like an Aussie, you know. Um, but I just think, yeah, I think chances, they were at a premium yesterday. Um, and it's easy for us to just sit here and say, you know, we've got, we scored two goals, two set pieces, but they all count. Um, but I think the chances will come. I just think, um, I think Bose went there with a plan yesterday. I mean, especially with Friday in mind. And it's just disappointing, not disappointing, but that perhaps had to come on because I think he probably wanted him fresh for Friday. But chances will come. I just think we're, we're still only three games into a, a mini season, so to speak, when they haven't played for a, a good few weeks. So um, there's probably still some rustiness in there somewhere. Well, one man who wasn't displaying any signs of rustiness yesterday, of course, was Josh Cullen. I mean, he's been superb since the restart, and some of his uh, some of his work on the, the ball and off the ball yesterday was so impressive. I mean, again, it's so easy to forget that he's not even our player. He's only here temporarily because he puts every single uh, bead of sweat he's got into into every performance in that Charlton shirt. That photo of him at the end of the game at the, the weekend was just sums him up. You know, he doesn't care who he's on loan from. He, he's a Charlton player through and through at the moment and prepared to do everything he can to, to get us points. And you're right, if you're not really concentrating on the game, and we've said it plenty of times, you maybe don't see necessarily what he does. But if you just watch in and around the edge of our area, in our half, any time an opposition attack gets snubbed out, chances are it's him who's picking the ball up making the tackle and then also he's doing that thing that good midfielders do of always looking around when he's before he gets the ball so that he knows where the other players are and he can just knock it off to one of his players get it back move it around and basically just keep that midfield ticking over a bit like uh, someone like Jordan Cousins used to do or, or Danny Hollands and Dale Stevens when they were in there just really keep that midfield ticking um, and it was a, just another brilliant performance and it's very easy for people to just kind of ignore it because we say the same thing week in, week out. But we're talking 8 out of 10 probably every single week from him. And I mean, I've got West Ham on at the moment against Chelsea. I just can't believe that he hasn't found a way into that midfield. I'm obviously grateful and hope it stays that way. But he's just got so much talent on the ball. And uh, yeah, he's got a bright future ahead of him for definite. Excellent stuff. Right, so after the game yesterday, um, due to the wonder of the fact that the, uh, the post-match uh, is carried out over Zoom at the moment. It means even though I couldn't actually get to the game, I could uh, interview the manager straight after. So I, I logged in uh, to the post-match presser and spoke to Lee Bayer to ask him what he made of uh, the goalless draw over in Cardiff. Um, I think it was a well-earned point. I think uh, at times we, we look dangerous. Um, at times they look dangerous, but I think the point was fair. Um, there wasn't really any clear-cut chances. Um, we had a couple of half ones, they had a couple of half ones. So, 
yeah, point was probably fair and and, and I thought we deserved the point. So um, the players give everything. Um, we, we thought we it's a tough place to come and, and they're a good physical side. You know, don't forget they've just come down from the Premier League. They've got good quality, um, especially in the final third. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be living with a point. Encouraging as well to see, um, particularly in the first half, your side were getting into some, some good areas and, and you have to take into consideration how well Cardiff have come back from, from the restart as well. Yeah, uh, like I said, they're, they're a good side. They've got players that can hurt you. They've done it against Leeds. Not many teams have beat Leeds. And, um, and, and obviously Preston, uh, another good side in this division. So, um, yeah, we knew it was going to be tough. But like you said, first half, I thought we was better first half. Um, once we passed it and, and, and created overloads, then, then we looked dangerous. Um, but then they pinned us back a little bit second half. Uh, we just couldn't hold it up up top and, and we couldn't get up so up the pitch. But overall, it's, it's, I'm, I'm happy. Not many times you leave me say I'm happy with a point, but I think um, to get seven now out of the first three games is, um, is very good. And three clean sheets in a row, of course. Um, some of them weren't defending awfully before before the restart, but clean sheets were sort of few and far between. So it's nice to get three under your belt, and you can say you haven't conceded a goal in about four months now. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. That the, they're putting their bodies on the line and, and they're defending properly. You know, um, when crosses are coming in, they're they're marking their men, and and yeah, three clean sheets. You've always got a chance in the game, and and we had a couple of them in in the first half. We could have could have nicked it, you know, but. Um, yeah, most important thing, clean sheet, got a point and, and get ready for Friday. And obviously, I mean, we, we spoke on Saturday after the win against QPR and I, I sort of said, would you be interested in perhaps a little bit of rotation? And you say, well, it's quite hard after after two victories. But in a way, you must be pleased that you're able to make so many changes and still the, the quality of the performance sort of stood up to it. Yeah, I, I had to. Um, a couple of them were, were struggling from the weekend. Um and because, like I said before, we only had a short space of time to, to get a match fit. It would have really been silly of me to, to take any gambles because we've still got six after this game, obviously. So uh, my thing is to try and Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, it's crazy. So I have to, I'm going to have to rotate because if not, we will pick up a lot of injuries because the players just ain't, ain't, they won't be able to cope with that, that tournament. There we go then, Lee Bowyer speaking to myself after yesterday's goalless draw uh, over at Cardiff City. I mean, I asked him, uh, Tom, because <laughs> he always does this. I asked him on Saturday whether he'd be making any changes. And he said, oh, it'd be tough to change a, a winning side. And then sure, sure enough, goes and, and makes seven. Um, so he, lo- he loves the mind games. But I mean, you can see why he had to do it. And um, I, 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 as I said in the interview there, it's, it's good that you can make that amount of changes, but still have a, a level of consistency within the performance. Definitely. And he obviously hasn't had that luxury up until this part of the season, really, apart from maybe right at the start of the season, when again, we were in a very good run of form. And uh, he said it, obviously, after last night, that if it wasn't for the fact that we'd had all those injuries, we'd be in a much better position now. And you can see why that would be the case. Um, really, it was only Lapsley, you'd argue, that had to play fully out of position yesterday. And I, I thought he did OK, as Nate said earlier. They doubled up on him in the first half and made it difficult for him. But after a, a shaky start, he's, he settled into that role as well. So 
we have got a good selection. I thought we had a good, strong bench as well. I was interested to see who who Boya brought on and, and how he chose to manage that side because we were saying if we went 1-0 up, would you start to rest players? If you went 1-0 down, would you rest players because you wouldn't expect us to go and score two goals anyway? So I thought he managed his substitutions well. Um, and yeah, he's got he's got a, a good selection headache, if you like, for what's going to be a massive game, obviously, on Friday night. Yeah, I mean, I mean, not even taking into account who the opponents are on Friday... Uh, Nathan, obviously, I mean, obviously, tough one for you to pick which side, but um, it's, <laughs> the the, um, the 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 table is is so. I mean, I mean, even with the amount of points we picked up, everyone else around there is still picking up wins. So after yesterday's game, Wigan uh, went on and beat Stoke by three goals to nil. Barnsley beat Blackburn Rovers by two goals to nil. Luton got a superb point uh, away. At, uh, at Leeds United, and then even this evening, Huddersfield have, have gone and got three points with a with a three 0 win away at Birmingham City. So you know we're still sitting at, at time of recording four points above the relegation zone because Hull City are yet to uh, play in Middlesbrough tomorrow. But it just shows that even even having picked up seven points, no, no other team is just going to fall away, is, which is what we're hoping for. I mean, I think the, the, the best we can hope for at the moment is the fact that Birmingham and maybe Reading have got a chance of getting dragged into it. Well, exactly. I think the way it's going, you're probably going to have one point by the end of the season. You're probably going to have the bottom 12 fighting for relegation the way it's going. But, um, I mean, the thing is, it's, it's obviously when you win against, obviously the win against QPR, you're buzzing. And then, obviously, everyone seems to bloody win. And it's like, oh, it's a little bit disheartening. But, I mean, I'd rather be looking down than, you know, looking down at the other teams and be somewhere like a Luton and chasing the pack. You know what I mean? So, um, and we've had a good start. But, yeah, it's just a it's just a crazy it's a crazy league, and I think we just said just off there, just then about you know previous targets. You'd probably say 40, 41, 42 might have even been safe for most years. You could probably have usually you'd have one, one well, at least one or two really pony sides, so that they'll get like five points or whatever. But to be fair to you know the Luton and the Barnsley as well, um, I mean Luton got a great result yesterday against Leeds, and. Um, it's not like Leeds have taken their foot off the gas, you know. So, yeah, it's just a crazy league. But oh, we've we just got to keep concentrating on ourselves. Um, if we do get a good result on Friday, it then puts pressure on the others playing on the Saturday. So, um, yeah, it's, it's just mad. Um, but, yeah, we just have to just keep doing, focusing on ourselves and, you know, and then just hope the others just fall away. And then, mm. like, like we've got Reading in a couple of weeks, got Birmingham in a couple of weeks and Wigan. So... We've got winnable games, um, the away games that are obviously going to be quite tricky for us. Excellent stuff. Right, well, you know, as Nathan says there, we do need to concentrate on ourselves. So let's listen to our goalkeeper, the best goalkeeper in the championship, according to Darren Prattley. I caught up with Dylan Phillips again after yesterday's goalless draw up at Cardiff and asked the stopper what he made of the performance over in South Wales. Uh, yeah, very good point. Um, obviously, they've had two wins as well. I was... I was saying to the lads before, I don't think any teams win three games in a row in this league, so uh, I, I thought we might get a draw today, but no, it's, that's, that's more than enough for us. We, uh, we're happy with how we started and hopefully we can keep it going. You know, too much to do tonight. There was a game of very few chances, but there was that one important save. I think it was a domer as he played in sort of down the left-hand side of the defence that you had to, to get down to. Is it? I mean, is it difficult to make sure you stay alert when there isn't a great deal going on in front of you, goal? Yeah, I mean, to be fair to the lads, we've played three games. I think I've made two or three saves max. So, um, yeah, we prefer it like that. That's what we're setting up to do. So, 
limit the other team to as little as possible. Um, but yeah, you do have to stay switched on, and thankfully, I did this time. And obviously, we went we went with the back three um, this evening. Um, did you have a preference about a back four or a back three? Uh, I just think different horses are different courses. Do you know what I mean? So obviously, we've we've gone with a back three tonight, and, and it's and it sort of worked, and we've got what we sort of come for. I mean, we could have nicked it, but. We take a point away from home against a, a tough side in the top six, and I'm gonna move on to Friday now. And whatever we, whatever shape we play, whatever formation, as long as we give it 110 percent and everyone's on the same page, then we'll be fine. Yeah. We um, we spoke to Darren Prattley after the game on Saturday, and um, unprompted, he said he thought that you're the, the best goalkeeper in the championship. I don't know if you read that. Um, that must be nice praise, at least, to come from a, from a teammate. Yeah, I said to him earlier on in the week, I said he must have had a few drinks after the game. Like, but no, uh, yeah, it's obviously nice to hear. He's obviously played with some, some top quality keepers. And yeah, it's lovely when when you uh, when part of your team feels safe with you behind them. So yes, yeah, it's all nice. So how are you feeling now that obviously we're, we're back from lockdown and we've started pretty well? Um, how, how do you assess our, our restart since, since coming back into action? Uh, I think as a team we've just sort of gone back to basics and, and, and shown what we're good at not trying to do too much sort of thing and we started the league well so hopefully if we can keep that form from the start of the division going over the next game then, then we'll be safe and at the end of the day that's, that is the aim and that is our goal sort of thing so once that's done we can sort of relax but until then it's, it's going to be non-stop obviously we're in every day at the moment with the games being so thick and fast but yeah I'm enjoying it and obviously it helps when you're picking up results. Yeah, I mean we're not the only team down the bottom who's been who's been picking up good results since since we come back as well. I think Barnsley have got another one this evening. Um, it's, it's, it's going to be tight down there. It doesn't it seem, doesn't seem to matter what we do. The other teams seem to be sort of hanging on to our coattails a little bit. Yeah, I mean it's, it's out of our control that. So let's just, let's just we're trying to win every game. We're trying to pick up points every game. And if we if we pick up points across the next six games in every game, we, we, we'll stay up. So we're we're out of it at the moment. So we just need to pick up more than, than the teams below us. Um, but yeah, everyone down there is fighting. Obviously, there's some teams that are not really playing for anything. So maybe that's why people are picking up more points. Um, but today against a team and fighting through the playoffs, that's a, that's a very good point. And from a personal point of view, it's three clean sheets since, since you come back. I must be particularly pleased. We weren't getting as many, perhaps, as we'd hoped to get before, before lockdown. No, um, yeah, three clean sheets in a row is, is, is hard to come by in this division. Uh, I think we're going to have done six or something in a row. So if we can follow them, then then we'll be laughing. There we go. Dylan Phillips, the best goalkeeper in the championship, according to uh, Darren Prattley. And I think he's definitely uh, right up there. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that save he made from Albert Adoma yesterday, Nath, was a, was a good one. And, and, and as I said to him in the interview there, I mean, when, when, you, when you haven't actually had too much to do, it must be reasonably difficult as a goalkeeper to to stay alert and to stay loose to be able to make a save like that. Yeah, of course it is. I mean, if he's not really, I mean, to be honest, he didn't really have a lot to do, you know. But when you're called upon as a goalkeeper, you, you know, your main objective is to keep the goal, isn't it? And obviously stop any balls going in the goal. So, but not only the, you know, his concentration, the save itself to get down like that, and not only get down. But push it away from goal, not fumble it uh, into someone else's feet. You know, it was a, it was a good save, and um, I, I, you know, we've we've spoken many a time on this show about um, people saying about you know kicking and all this sort of stuff, which you know, it's, you know, it's a fair fair point. But you've got to say from when he first came in that first game properly against Sunderland last year, it's improved, and we've got to remember that he's not there to 
be uh, an anchor man and try and spray the ball about like Edison and Allison. You know, do you know what I mean? It's not he's there. He's there to say, as Steve Avery said it loads of times, an important thing for a goalie is to save save goals, which he does. And you know, I've, I've tweeted out the other day. He's, he's first in terms of making number of saves he's made. I don't I don't know the exact stat of how many important saves he's made. I mean, the amount of welders he's done this year and how many points he's actually saved us, I'd love to know if anyone does have that stat. But, I mean, but I mean, yeah, just a, it's such a, a key thing to be, con- like, to be, you know, keep your concentration and, and um, I just think he's come on so much and, you know, if, if, if people were saying, you know, oh, his kick is not good, I guarantee you now, if we, if we get relegated, it wouldn't surprise me if you have big clubs. No, I'm not talking about Man City's, but you'll have big big teams in the Championship after him, for sure. Um, so I think um, he's done brilliant. And it's, it's nice to see that he's carried on from before the, before I was in lockdown. Right, let's have a look at some of the emails that have come in. Uh, of course, we, we're going to start to turn our attention to the game against Millwall. Uh, and uh, these uh, these emails and tweets mention Millwall. So Jack uh, emailed in. Evening Jack says, I think it's a solid performance against an informed Cardiff side. Uh, we should take each game as it comes. The way we've held our shape and defended well in these last three games has, dare I say it, given me some more confidence for the game against Millwall on Friday. But until our place in next season's championship is confirmed, I am going to be bricking it. Very disappointed uh, to see what's going on at Wigan. Uh, no club deserves to have their history decided anywhere other than the pitch yeah we should we should mention Wigan of course going to administration today Tom um I mean really it's very unusual behavior going on there considering they had a takeover only four weeks ago um seems seems to be in vogue at the moment having a takeover and then all of a sudden all the money disappearing out of the club it's very strange bit of a coincidence yeah and and very concerning for for most clubs not concerning for us because we're in the middle of it already so um (laughs) Yeah, and I think that they're likely to get a 12-point deduction um, at some point. If it's this season, obviously that's going to be a huge benefit to yeah. Charlton. Well, the way, the way it works is if, if Wigan finish outside of the relegation zone this season, then the 12 points get taken away. If they finish in the relegation zone already, then the 12 points get taken away next season. So basically they now need to finish 13 points clear of yeah. the relegation I mean, zone. The way they're playing at the moment, you, you could see that happening. But I think the fact that the majority of Charlton fans I've seen on social media are still not wishing that on them and partly because we've been through it as well but partly because it's just another club and it's the start of potentially a slippery slope for a lot of clubs and it's a worrying trend that's developing and obviously given everything that's going on with the pandemic it's something that you can see happening to more and more clubs and it just raises the question that we've unfortunately had to suggest again and again and again is that the EFL need to be able to do more to protect clubs and I know that they're not in a position to do that at the moment but they need to find a way to do it because otherwise this is going to keep happening I think it was Jimmy Stone who put it out on Twitter today and said you know there's a trend now developing for people getting involved with clubs who are down there and struggling and maybe taking what they can from it and and it's a dangerous way to go because if this is just the first or you know second club we've seen this year it, it's not going to be the last by any stretch it's interesting because Nathan, Nathan put a suggestion on Twitter this afternoon about maybe what new owners forced to put some sort of pot into the EFL but even then the EFL can't stop someone buying a club where if, if, if they if these new owners don't give them their pot they still can't stop them buying a club as it stands they can just again put sanctions onto them Nathan. so it really is a tricky situation the, the, I really don't know what the answer is unless there's a way that the EFL only give you your centralised funds 
as and when as and when they're uh, satisfied that you're not going to take them and use them when you shouldn't do. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, I was just thinking it's more like a, like a you know like if you if you go rent a property, you have to give a safety deposit down. So you know if you go to leave leave the property, you can't just mm. leave it as an absolute. But the issue is there that the EFL don't own the property; they exactly. someone else does. And that's the thing. I think with the difficulty, which I understand with from the EFL, is that they can't if they can't dictate to a, another entity how to run their business. So you can't have the government tell businesses in general how to run their business or how to spend their money. That's not the way of the world. But um, so it's a very fine line. But I just think that there's got to be conversations because all that will happen is, is I can, like Tom said, you're going to have all these clubs that will go out and it'll be too late. You won't have a, you won't have a 92 anymore. You'll have, a, you'll have just have the elite clubs of 20, 30 clubs and all the rest will just go. Do you know what I mean? And, and I honestly think that in God knows how many years, that'll probably what's happening. So I think they've, they've got to do something because it's there for everyone to see. And it's the ones that are struggling, but I mean, and you, we could go, talk for hours on it about wage caps and, you know, FFP. But what's the point in having the FFP if you don't even enforce it? Which then, if you're your club and you know that you're not going to... I know a couple of clubs have been done for it. But if you know you can mock the system, then there's no, there's no, you know, barriers or there's no... You're not scared of being done because you know they're not going to enforce it. So then what you'll have is all these championship clubs who are chasing this dream of reaching the Premier League, which everyone does. But you've got people, I think it was like Derby, who are spending like over 100% of their turnover. And it's like, that's not sustainable. But I mean, because nothing's ever done about it, it's, it, it's always going to happen. So I don't really know. But it's, I mean, like Tom said, it's just a sad state of affairs. And like, yeah, it might benefit Cholton this season. But if we take off, you know, personal bias and stuff like that we've got to look at the game as a whole um, and if you, it's not like we're all rosy you know mm. it, it, it could easily happen to us so it's, I understand it's difficult that EFL do have their hands tied but surely there's got to be some sort of there's got to be some sort of way around it so you stop all these crooks getting involved yeah very concerning what's going on up at Wigan and this I mean I mean, I'm sure the coronavirus situation hasn't helped but I'd, I'd argue this is probably if someone's come in and within four weeks can't pay the bills and something's gone seriously wrong there and it, you can't really blame the virus because it's already started by then right Sam Burgess uh, says another great point picked up away at Cardiff makes you wonder where we would be uh, without the usual Charlton mid-season injury crisis yeah Bo did mention that in his press day in his press conference after the game yesterday he felt we'd be there or thereabouts uh, unfortunately for us the most important thing uh, for us now isn't Millwall but the financial future of the club made even more apparent by the Wigan situation which could well uh, be uh, upon us as well soon uh, time for Paul Elliott to come forward and give the fans some sort of information and reassurances uh, Sam then goes on to predict a 1-0 win against uh, Millwall which will be absolutely lovely if that's the way uh, things pan out wow West Ham have just gone 1-0 up against Chelsea uh, at time of recording right Matt Gainsford says I thought Chooks and EK was really good again against Cardiff would like to see him get a decent amount of time against Millwall Cullen is just class as well consistently does the basics so well Spanier Addict says uh, a very solid performance Boya has utilised the squad very well in the last three games. If we can get another six points, I think we'll be just about safe. Defensive displays 
have been extremely positive and let's hope the forward line can start chipping in with some goals soon. Southern Comfort says solid performance at a great point but felt we seemed to sit back a bit in uh, early after the subs and invite them on. Uh, biggest concern is that we haven't really looked like scoring from open play but I honestly think we are probably two wins from safety. Sarah, uh, evening Sarah says I would be happy with another point on Friday but it would be great if we could get all three but I'm not saying we will because I might jinx it. The match last night was very boring but I didn't care if it meant a point against a team that's been in good form looking forward to the podcast cheers Sarah Will Bodden of course says keep the faith uh, Nicholas says uh, the occasion gets the better of Charlton uh, nine times out of ten with a few recent uh, exceptions against Millwall without fans this is far less of an occasion though and without them being there there's a lot less pressure inside the ground usually contributes to our downfall we will win on Friday 2-1 I think uh, West Ham's gone I've been ruled out by by VAR from <laughs> what I'm reading um yeah, uh, normal service will be resumed and we will fail to beat uh, Mill next season, but Friday will be the exception. That's from Nick. Yeah, hopefully it will be. Uh, Tony, like, what I want to like also like to add, with Huddersfield winning again tonight, it is going to be a very tense finish to the season. We need to pick up as many points as possible, but hopefully it won't go down to the last game of the season. John Reese says it'd be great to get Matthews back in, maybe ask Pierce and Lockyer to talk a bit when going through a ball too. Yeah, they did have that one... One moment near the end, was I think it was, where they both went for the same ball that was quite scary. Uh, Derek, good result last night, particularly with the seven changes. Even so, we need a win on Friday, given the form of those around us. Uh, John would also like to see Andre Green come up trumps. Not been quite there for me this year. Leko, a much better player. A bit off the pace and some funny decisions. He comes good with a bit more match fitness. Not a starter for me, though, on Friday. Uh, Andy says, I hope you're right. It's going to be nervous uh, at the end, but in, it's in our hands at the moment, which is a good place to be rather than reliant on others. Uh, CFC in Germany, relegation battle is in the hands of the EFL. Point deductions for Wigan, Sheffield Wednesday and Birmingham possibly. I think the Birmingham one's already been sorted and they're not going to get one, but um, Sheffield Wednesday, I think, is still open. Uh, that's why I'm not overexcited, but we can't lose if the points deductions take place. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, Dom says Lee tells us it's hard to change those a team that's won two in a, in a row and then make seven changes hints that Johnny needs to work harder in training to be played so does Johnny start against Millwall this week uh, we're going to talk about that later on in the show uh, forget the opposition Lee's messing with my head as well yeah good point uh, Andy says how Charlton would it be to finally beat Millwall with none of us there to enjoy it then probably wait another decade or two when we can go back if we could all get three points uh, that would be fantastic uh, return from the first four games you'd like to think another win would do it then as well Rick said did anyone know why Jacko through a hissy fit when Boyer was talking to Phil just saying did I mean I, I did you guys see that it was there was confusion wasn't there Tom over why uh, Sam Phil they wanted to try and get him to half time possibly um because if, if then they made the sub at half time it means you don't lose one of your free occasions because you're only allowed to make substitutes on free occasions in the game and you can make an extra one at half time uh, but Jacko was fuming about something wasn't he yeah, it was it was funny to watch, and at the time I didn't know if it was because him and Bose disagreed, or because the medical team had said something that they didn't weren't happy about, or there was definitely something. But then after you interviewed um, Bose after the game, it looks like when the medical team said, "Look, we can't keep him going until half time because there's too much blood and we can't strap it up or whatever," I think he was just annoyed about that because it meant that they had to bring Prattley on and. I'm sure Prattley wouldn't have wanted to play for that long either because me and Nate were saying you'd probably want him starting on, on Friday. So the less minutes he had yesterday, the better. But he's obviously a, a very like-for-like -like player and had to come in. But I just feel so sorry for, for Sam Field, as Nate said earlier, to, 
come back on and then get an injury like that such a freak injury mm. um, but hopefully it's, it's not too bad I know he got stitched up didn't he and hopefully um, he'll be back soon mm. Right Paul Griffiths says a brilliant point but the lads seem to lack confidence going forward we had a number of free kicks and corners but created very little fear the form of others around us and the odd results Huddersfield winning 3-0 away tonight for example please can we beat Millwall and then Gary saying I think Boyer changed so many players because he didn't think we'd get that much out of that game last night or they wouldn't publicly admit it so the players that have played the first two games have a rest and we'll be back for Friday. So let's start to turn our attention to Friday's game uh, with Millwall. We'll have a quick break and then we'll be back here on Charlton Live in 30 seconds or so. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Cullen trying to take his man on. Chip ball back across. Bowers there. Pierces there. Bowers there. And it's done. Yes! 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 Oh, he's gone. Oh, Patrick Barr. Right, so welcome back to Charlton Live. It's uh, the massive South London derby with Millwall uh, on uh, Friday evening, of course. Um, Nathan, I mean, we take the mick about you being our because because your family have got Millwall supporters in them. But I mean, yeah. it, it is a big game, and it's a Millwall side that they haven't exactly come back flying. They they lost at home to Derby, and then nil nil draw with Barnsley, and one all draw with Swansea yesterday. So I mean. With the lack of crowd there and the presumably slightly less pressure, is this our best chance ever to beat Millwall? Or have we said that every bloody time and we never do? Well, to be fair, I mean, I said I, I probably said the same thing back at uh, back at the um, down the toolbox, and uh, that turned out to be a last minute uh, deflation. <laughs> if that's a word but uh, yeah I'll, I'll never forget that moment and I'm sure Tom won't either especially when I just walked off but um, yeah, yeah listen I think it's a game for you anything can happen but the thing is with me is that they are they're good at what they do and they're efficient at what they do unfortunately and um, and maybe that's one of the you know the email said earlier maybe if there's not that element of atmosphere um, will it will it help I don't know, I guess we'll wait and see, but it could go the other way and it could just be like a really cagey, like a game, like the game yesterday, really. It could just be, you know, a really cagey affair. But I think, I mean, on our day, we can beat anyone. It just, 
with me all games. I mean, there's been so many times where we've been out of form when we've played okay. There's been times, I mean, look, look at the George Tuckerty and one where we should have scored and the, the goal that was was a disallowed that should have been. It's just, we just didn't seem to have the rubber to green. And um, I don't know, it's just frustrating, but listen, it's, a, it's any time's a good time to try and beat them. But I just want us to try and focus on it's another game. I think if we start amping it up too much, which I think, you know, like previous managers have, I think that obviously adds the pressure. I just think go there, just play the game, and um, hopefully we can come out with something. But listen, if we can get three points, it'd be amazing. Mm. Whether we're there or not, it doesn't matter. It's three points, and um, that's the main thing for me. Mm. Now, of course, one player who we hope will have an impact in this game, but you know, hasn't really <laughs> featured at all since we uh, come back from uh, from lockdown. There is, of course, Johnny Williams. Now, I spoke to Lee Bayer, like I said, after the game at Cardiff last night, and I asked the addict's boss why uh, Johnny Williams hasn't been getting the minutes since we've returned from lockdown. Like I said, there's competition for places. Um, uh, I Johnny will get an opportunity at some stage, um, and, and he's then got to grab it. Like, but like I said, I judge him all in training every day, so... That's where I, I need to see things in, in, improve from, from Johnny, you know. And, and he's trying and, and he's getting fitter. That's the thing. Some people come back fitter than others and, and look sharper. And um, the break wasn't kind to Johnny, to say. So, um, but he, he'll get his opportunities and, and he could play a part in the last two, three games. Because he's just as important as the first two or three, you know. There's no... Um... Was Tumor in the squad today as well? Was he in? The, is he rested, injured? He's fine. I assume he's fine. Um, but we've got everybody fit apart from a couple. So um, some people have got to miss out. And, and unfortunately for us, Ozzy, it's his turn that he's missing out at the moment. Again, but he's, we've got training now for the next two days and he, he has the opportunity to, to change things. Um, I, I judge him a lot in training, you know, and, and that's how that's how Albi got got back into the side. He looked very sharp in training and doing the right thing. So I, I judge him all like that. Hmm, so there we go. Asked uh, about Johnny Williams and Erin uh, Ostuma in that in that little clip. Uh, Tom, I guess we ought to come to you about Johnny then. Um, I think some, some were surprised when uh, with, with what Lee said last night. Um, you know they. Uh, you, you don't. I mean, Johnny. Johnny's a quality player, and he was important for us when he was fit earlier on in the season. Uh, and I guess there's a disappointment. It sounds like I think Lee Lee says he ne- he needs to see an improvement on the training ground, and I guess fitness seems to be a big part of that. Yeah, and I think when, as we were just saying off air, then when you see his quotes written down, you, you get a bit of concern because not only is he a quality player, but he he's such a nice bloke and just such a good professional who's just fallen on hard times a lot with injuries that you don't you don't see him as the sort of player that would down tools um, and obviously we did that interview with him earlier in, in the month and he talked about you know how buzzing he was to be back and couldn't wait to be back with the lads and he'd been working hard at home on a fitness routine so you read those comments and you think okay that something doesn't quite add up but when you actually listen to him talking there it sounds like what's happened is that he's, he's just not quite fit enough despite his, his best efforts um, and if that's the case, then, you know, he's just 
a member of the squad as is everybody else. We know the quality he's got on the ball, but Boyer has said it pretty much since he very first came in. He's got to treat every player fairly. And if other players are looking sharper, then they deserve their chance. And you look at someone like Albie grabbing that chance, he might not have had the opportunity had Boyer not had the faith to play him. So, look, from a personal point of view, I'm gutted that at the moment he's not quite seeing enough from, from Johnny to pick him. Um, it might just be a massive mind game and we see him starting on, on Friday. But I think the other way to look at it is we've got the likes of McGeady and Ozzy, who you obviously mentioned there, and Johnny, all there, all attacking exciting players. And we've got a lot of options there. So from my perspective, it's it's just hoping that he can get that fitness sorted, whatever it is that he's currently missing, and prove to Boyer that he's got something in him to perform for, for the remaining few games. Because we saw, even just in that 10 minutes in the first game back, he looked dangerous on the ball. He won a couple of fouls. We know what he's all about. So I hope they can get it sorted soon. Mm, yeah, because, I mean, we're, we're on, on Friday, Nath, we're, we're going to want to see someone who can drive forward with the ball. Now, is that is that going to be Aaron Ostuma then? Because he's in a similar position. I think he's been left left out of the last two squads, having been an unused substitute up at Hull. Uh, I mean, Aidan McGee did it in spells. Chooks and EK we spoke about briefly already. I don't think I'm going to have time to play uh, what Lee said about him uh, last night, but Lee Bowie was very positive about how Chooks has done. So th- there's options there, but it's going to be interesting to see which one Lee chooses because, you know, we need to get this middle side. We need to attack them. They're, they're, they're quite a solid unit, you know, hard to break down. So we're probably someone running at them to try and sort of drag them out of position a little bit. It's going to be what we need. Yeah, exactly. I think the, the problem with Ozzy and, you know, and Johnny and Aiden is that, which is a good thing, is that they're three different players. I think, obviously, Ozzy can't really play out wide. He tends to like play with, with a lot more space um, where you can go into the little pockets and pick it up and release it and have a little dribble and then release it out. But um, And then you've got Johnny and Aiden that can run with the ball. But on their day, Aiden does have that little bit more in terms of set pieces and shooting than Johnny does. So, it's, it's, it's difficult, of course it is, but we do need to attack them. But I remember there was there was loads of conversation before, especially with England, um, that people were just being picked because of their name and people weren't being picked on form. And you could say it's the same here. We know how good Johnny is and how good Ozzy is on their day, but if they're not in form and they're not doing it on the training pitch for whatever reason, then you know it's only fair that the people that are do get the chance. But I think for me, for, for Friday, I would probably lean towards Aidan, Aidan McGeady. I just think he gives us that little bit more. Um, we haven't seen it for sure, but I think he's got it in his locker. Um, there's a lot more attributes to his game. Uh, mm. For me, I'd probably get um, Aidan in there. All right, well, let's, let's uh, just finally, before we, we, we continue with our preview of the game, I did ask Lee Bayer uh, what he thought it'd be like playing against Millwall. Uh, in such strange circumstances, obviously, when we when we go to the den, there's always an electric atmosphere from the away support there. Um, normally at the Valley as well, we, we can we can get ourselves up for a, for a big game like this, but there's going to be no one there. It's going to be a really strange situation in which to play a South London derby. And I asked Lee Bayer what he thought that would be like on Friday. Yeah, derby games a derby game. Obviously, it's it's just the atmosphere is going to be different, but the passion on the pitch it will be the same because uh, no one wants to lose any game, let alone a derby game. So uh, the players will know that they know how important it is. They know from when we played them away, when we got done on two set pieces away, and that's how we lost the game. So uh, we've got to make sure that we're ready this time that 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 that, that doesn't happen. Is it disappointing that we, we have to play Tuesday, Friday? Because in, in normal circumstances, I guess it'll be Tuesday, Saturday. 
Yeah, it's crazy. Like it's, it's ridiculous to to play Saturday, Tuesday, Friday, three games in like six days. It's, it's crazy. It's like what? What do you want from them? You, you're not going to get the same quality. But it is what it is, and at least we are playing. <laughs> That's the most important thing. So uh, yeah, would I have rather than extra day recovery for the players? Of course I would. The same for both sides, isn't it? There we go, Lee Bayer. Um, yeah, not not surprising to hear that he's disappointed, Tom. That we got to play, to you know, Saturday, Tuesday, Friday. That's a crazy schedule. But considering they're already being asked to play every midweek for four weeks, to to have to play effectively twice in one midweek, I mean, that is pushing it a bit, isn't it? Yeah, Bowyer's never been shy about being vocal about the schedule, anyway, has he? But um, yeah, even in a normal season, it's very rare that you'd be playing on a Tuesday followed by a Friday, but. There's a lot of games to get through in a very short space of time. Um, I think, you know, we've just got to accept that they're going to come thick and fast. It's unfortunate for us that we obviously had a long trip away uh, on the Tuesday night and then the game on the Friday happens to be against our our nearest rivals, but that's just the way that the the games have fallen. But, um, you know, as we've said pretty much in the the build-up to all the games, he's going to get them fired up. He's going to get them in the right frame of mind. I think they've shown that already on three games and they're going to go into the game with a huge amount of confidence. You know, off the back of two wins and a draw, three clean sheets, some set-piece goals, you know, I think we're going to be organised and we're going to be hard to break down, as are they. So I think it's going to be a bit of a a boxing match. You know, each team just kind of testing each other out. I don't think we're going to see end-to-end football, but um, it's going to be a nervy game, that's for sure. Mm. What are we making of Millwall then, Nathan? It's interesting, in last night's game with Swansea, they only made... Two substitutes, both sides only did, when you can make up to a maximum of five, which I found uh, quite interesting because you think Gary Rowett would be trying to keep his squad as fresh as possible for, for Friday. So I don't know if that was part of it, but you know Mason Bennett scored in the in the first half of Millwall and then was taken off. Is he being rested? Was he injured? Um, what, what, what are we making of them? Did their, their playoff charges faltered a bit since the restart? Yeah, I mean, they were in the, they were in the playoffs at one point, weren't they? I think um, yesterday, but obviously it's... Unfortunately uh, for them, um, it's, uh, it's, it's, it seems to be fading away. And if we can win on Saturday and make that then even more, then I'd be delighted. But I mean, the thing that, like I said earlier, with Mirwall, they're they're good at what they do. I think the, the team they played. I just looked at the team they started yesterday, and but, but even though they are known for being very direct, I mean, they can they can be really fluid in their system. They can play. With the, with the same with the starting eleven, they could go to a three-five-two, a five-three-two, a four-four-two, or a four-three-three, or a three-four-three, and we've using the same personnel. That's how fluid they can be. So, with them, I think regardless of how we set up, they'll be able to adjust accordingly, which quite a lot of teams might be able to do. They're not set in their ways. Um, set pieces, obviously, big. The big, you know, obviously you got Jake Cooper. I'm a big fan of. Um, Unfortunately, but uh, yeah, they're just they're, they're a physical side. So first and foremost, we got to win our individual battles, um, but we need to try and get on the floor um, and you know and try and because they are going to be resolute and hard to beat as they always have been. But they're definitely beatable, you know. With you know they're not Man City for God crying out loud, but um, yeah, it will be a good game hopefully. And just I'm praying we can just get even if it's just a, a, a horrible last minute own goal off. I don't know over Ben Thompson's face or something do you know what I mean like anything anything to do me lovely that's not very high that Ben Thompson's face anyway so I mean look, <laughs> looking at looking at our team news um, Tom obviously I mean so 
Bo said that both Tommy Hemed and Adam Matthews were carrying a knock, um, which after I mean the club had said before the game on Twitter that um, they were both being rested. So uh, do you think that's mind games? Do you think that was just miscommunication? They are carrying a knock, um, rested for for Friday. What would you reckon? I hope it's the latter, and I hope they're being rested. It's, it's difficult to tell, but as we said, Boyer has done it before. I think how we set up will be very dependent on the fitness of Adam Matthews and or Deji, because obviously playing Lapsley in there in, as a wingback isn't ideal, although I think he, he did himself uh, justice yesterday. And I know he played wingback or right-back before against Gillingham a couple of seasons ago as well, so he has done it, but you'd think hopefully that, that one of the others will be fit and be able to come in and we can go back to our, our normal 4-4-2. I think in terms of team use up front, I agree with a couple of the people who tweeted in. Andre Green hasn't hasn't blown me away in the last few games, to be honest. I know none of our strikers have scored yet, um, so you know none of them are particularly doing that, but Chucks has looked decent, I thought. Um, Macaulay Bond looked good in the couple of games I've seen him as well. Um, and Hemed did as well, so if he's fit, then, then he's an option, but like we were talking about earlier about Johnny Williams, for me, the, the crucial part for us will be that person who can get on the ball and drive us forward. And obviously we haven't got Conor Gallagher here anymore. And it's got to be one of those Williams or, or McGeady or, or Aussie type players. I think we just need one in there because Nath said it yesterday, the, the three that we had yesterday were functional and did a job in an away performance against a good side. But back at home, and I know we haven't necessarily got that same mindset with no fans in the ground we want someone in that number 10 role to really drive us forward so it'll be interesting to see what Bowyer does there I think yeah well Stevens just tweeted in saying with the Wigan news we have every chance of staying up now hard earned points like the one at Cardiff is why time to keep working and keep our heads down and I think we will do it I'm sure that the confidence must be high around the squad I mean I mean, the confidence probably is reasonably high considering the way we've come back with a much fitter team than before Nathan how big a difference is the lack of crowd going to make on Friday night because, of course, historically, what is it, 20, what year is it now? We're, I mean, we're 20, over 20 years since we beat Millwall. Uh, last time was 1994, so what, 26 years we're on now? Um, it's a long time and the pressure going into these games obviously normally is massive. Will the lack of crowd make any difference at all? I don't, I don't know. I know it's... I know some people say they do and they don't, but I, I honestly think that if you if you go into a game, um, obviously they know it's a derby, but, but then if you go into a game thinking about records and thinking about the last game we played them, you then put yourself under more pressure with no one in the stadium anyway. Um, so, I mean, for me, it's, it's so cliche, but you just got to take each game as it comes and just deal with the situation that you're in at that point in time. Um, it will be weird, because um, you're not obviously going to have that same sort of buzz, and um, but at the end of the day, they're all professionals. They all, know, they all, regardless, like Bo said, is that you don't want to lose any game. Um, I mean, if you don't enjoy playing in derbies, then obviously you're in the wrong sort of industry. But all the players will want to win every game they play. But even more so is, is I think it might be a good thing. I think especially like um, that away game. I just remember, I just remember when that ball was coming in to that back stick, and you had that big old Matt Smith and Cooper and Hutchinson. And I was, it just felt bad. And I, I think sometimes players can sense nervousness, um, and it might make them. You know, admit, you know, not pick up their man or lose their man or whatever. So, I think it'll be 
it might actually be beneficial for me. It might actually be all right. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm sure obviously proof be in the pudding, wouldn't it? Yeah, because I, I guess we can remember, as Nath's saying there, Tom, like Naby Sarr is a player who probably ha- probably hasn't really ever thrived in the high-pressure games like a Millwall away or like the playoff final and semi-final at home against Doncaster where he didn't do very well. Um, you know, if he does play, if we do go for the three at the back, for example... Um, you know, I think if we go for two, I think, well, we don't know what's going to happen with Piercy's wife as well, of course, because she's due any day now. But that that can take the pressure off. That that could be a bit of a leveller for us for if, if there are slightly weaker characters out there who don't always thrive when there's a, a lot on the game, like like a Millwall game. If Mrs. Pierce cares about Jason at all, she'll hopefully wait until the weekend. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I would expect us, like I say, provided we've got a right back fit to go 4 4 2 and provided Pierce can be there for us, you'd imagine Pierce and Lockyer, because as you say, I think our performances the last three games, one of the key words we've used a lot of times has been discipline um, in that back four. And, you know, for all of Naby's qualities, I'm not sure necessarily discipline is one I would pick. And as you say, high pressure moments, he he hasn't necessarily stood up to them either. So he would be the one I'd be concerned about. I agree with everything Nate says about that, that corner at the end of the game uh, over at the Den. So... Yeah, it will be very interesting to see how that back four lines up. Apart from that, you'd imagine, obviously, Prattley to come in, although I know I said he played a lot more than they would have hoped for last night. But if you've got Prattley and Cullen in that midfield, you're always going to stand a chance. And then it's just about what we can do going forward. As we said, we've scored two goals since the restart. They've both been from set pieces. They haven't set the world alight breaking forwards yet. Um, So it'll be what we do there to really give ourselves a chance to get a goal or two. Excellent stuff. Right, let's have your predictions for the game then uh, against Millwall. Tom, how do you think it's going to go against the Lions? I'm going to say we'll sneak a 1-0. Nice. I like it. Nathan, go with your heart, <laughs> not your head. I'm going, I'm going for a 3-2 Charlton. Blimey, that'll be exciting. Bloody hell. Yeah, well, excellent. Well, I hope that happens. And uh, well, 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 what a positive note to end the show on because we're going to end the big match preview here. <laughs> Uh, thank you to all of you who've listened then to looking back at last night's game at Cardiff and of course uh, head to Friday South London Derby at the Valley uh, with Millwall thank you to Tom and to Nathan for joining me cheers lads I've been Louis Mendes thank you for listening to this week's big match preview we'll be back on Saturday or Sunday we'll work it out over the course of the weekend to look back at whatever happens against Millwall let's hope and pray that finally we end our hoodoo and uh, well it doesn't even matter if no one's there to see it because we just need those three points as well we shall see you on the weekend <laughs>
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 